The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 10th, 2018, season 13, episode number 99. Welcome to another edition of The Break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, we're talking Cowboys football as we do every Wednesday here on The Break. And uh, how's everybody feeling this morning? Man, I'm feeling good. You are? Yep. Good. David? Yeah, I feel really good. Thanks, Derek. Yeah. You good? I feel great. Awesome. I like that. Happy to be back. Wonderful. Wonderful? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. What are you happy to be back from? Our one-week break. Did we? I thought we did a show last week. Did we not? I don't know. It feels like... Yeah, we did a show last week. We did a show last week. It's been one week since we did it. It's a one-week break. (laughs) It's not really a break because we're not really... No, it is. We're not doing shows. It is a break. That's that's what the show's called. Yeah. Break. We're doing a break right now. Oh. Let me rephrase, Derek. All right, rephrase. Use I'm happy words. to be back Use here words, with, with the fellowship of this group. I'm happy to be here. My man. I'm pretty pumped that Derek dropped me all the way down from five podcasts a week to three in the off season. So, yeah. yeah. Improvement, right? Yeah. You don't know what we got planned for you for a couple weeks from now, though. Oh. We might get that number back up a little bit. Lord. <laughs> No, I'm just playing. I did hear. That was I, your idea, though. It was. Like, you were all in on that, too. Like, I, you had people tweeting me. Listen to me. I know that, but okay. it's still fun to complain. Okay, good. Oh. That's what I do. Good. That's what least, it is. At least they're honest about yeah. it. And, you know, I saw something on Twitter this morning that made me really, really excited. Dave tweeted that he's going to do more Ask the Boys this offseason. So I'm there's really just, happy about that. So much demand for it. He said know? he's going to be really dedicated to that. So I'm so excited about that. And I'm if you excited, haven't seen too. Ask the Boys. <laughs> you haven't what seen is Ask, Ask the, the Boys? Boy wow. No, Ask, the boy. <laughs> <laughs> Ask, Ask the Boy. Ask the Boy. That actually boy. takes on a whole different connotation. It, Ask the Boy. I like, know. That's why Brian says it all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. Boys. I like that. But if you haven't seen Ask the Boys, make sure you check that out. Dave Hellman is uh, brilliant on that little segment. Oh, so wow, thanks. Hopefully we can get more of that. Happened. A lot of stuff has happened uh, over the last week since we were last on the show. Hours. I wanted to start uh, in the last hour or so. Fill us in. Will well, McClay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Will McClay turned down an offer from the Texans, but I feel like the writing was kind of on the wall that was going to happen. Uh, yeah. Stephen Jones said as much on Monday. Um, Fitching. But, yeah, no, I mean <laughs> – which is, you know, the last time we wrote these stories last year, he was the um, he was the senior vice president of pro player personnel. What I don't know, but in the year since the last time we wrote these stories, he's now the uh, executive or not exact uh, vice president of player personnel. They they bumped his title. Is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Like he's so now what? Oh yeah, I don't know what comes next. Maybe he gets executive in front of that now because I mean. Yeah, you can keep going. You can do vice president, senior vice president, executive vice president. Bump that stuff up. Uh, Because yeah, I mean he's he's not the general manager here, but he's well compensated, and his title reflects as such. And it was and it was real clear on how he handled. I thought he did a really nice job of handling things when it was starting to break on Sunday. He made it. He he was clear that he has not spoken to the Texans, and he's waiting to, to to tell everybody what his you know what his. Uh, status would be until they talk to him. And you see through that and kind of read between the lines as 
if they offer, I'm going to listen. You yeah. know, until unless maybe the Cowboys give me a reason to decline the interview. Which, in which case, now he's no longer. Which he's no longer going to interview for that. I'm curious though. I mean. Okay, first of all, it's not like it's every situation is perfect because, you know, the Texans are in kind of a weird spot where, like, there was questions about Bill O'Brien's future, and Rick Smith wasn't fired. He took a leave of absence, so, like, technically, like, the old GM is still in the picture there, so that seems kind of messy to me, but Will McClay's from Houston. He graduated from Rice. He's got family down there. It's as close as an NFL franchise can be to Dallas, which is where his family's based right now. Uh, they have a lot of talent, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, that defense, uh, Deshaun Watson appears to be a, a budding NFL star. So it makes me wonder, you know, cause we've been saying for two or three years, like, well, somebody's going to pry Will McClay out of here at some point because he's been so good for the Cowboys. Well, if he's not interested in that job, I wonder what job yeah. it would be. And he's, I don't know that there is a job at, at this uh, point. I wonder if there is, Yeah, he's got family also here in Dallas. And you know it's a it's a tricky situation, and so not every not every team would be a good fit. Houston would is obviously the closest one to Dallas, and and that's one where you know you you, you wonder if it's ever going to happen. That would be an you know maybe if, an opportunity. If I was the Jones family, I'd feel pretty good about his long term yeah. future here and, in Dallas, having turned down not not even turned down the job, but just turned down the interview. Like, nah, I'm good. And fans should be happy about it too. You can say, "Oh, nine and seven. Look at our free agents last year, year before." There's a lot more to it than that. Uh, he's done really well with the draft. This team has drafted very well, and he's a big part of that too. So it's easy to to just have that, you know, just just to think right here in the current picture and go, "Man, who cares?" You know, we need to get better. But he's been really good for this team for the last ten years, really. You guys are as close to this situation as anybody. Um, and I know we hear from fans a lot. It doesn't really matter because Jerry's not giving him the GM title. But I, talk us through as much as you know and just from the things you've talked to people around the building and, and get an understanding. Talk to us about what the dynamic is really like from the standpoint of Will's role relative to Steven, relative to Jerry. There's always a GM role. There's always another. I, it doesn't matter who's the, the title. Even when Parcells was here, he had that role. Now, now Jerry still has the final say, and he 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 looks he's involved as much as anyone. But there, he does, I would think, have have a, somebody that helps him more than than other people. He's Jerry's just into so many things, business ventures and stuff. So there has always been another guy there uh, with the help, Stephen, and, and whether it be the Bill Parcells or whether it be um, Larry Lacewell back in the day. And so, I, and this is kind of what, what Will's role is as well. It, it, it's not, maybe not the same way Houston does it or Buffalo does it or San Diego. Sorry. Why? Why? Why did I have to pick them? They're not even <laughs> around. The way San Diego did it, yeah, what right. I meant to say, is yeah. what they used to do it. I'll, uh, I'll steal the words right out of Brian's mouth because we've talked about this plenty on the draft show over the years. Um, and I think it's just really useful if you think of it as like a triangle. There's the Jones family and the ownership end. There's Jason Garrett and the coaching staff. And then there's the scouts. All three of those have to work together to function as a football team. And Will basically just sits in the middle of it and mediates between all of those groups. So he's not, you don't, because I thought you were going to say well, he, mean, is that, he is that part that represents you, the scouts. You would, really, you would consider him the head of the scouting department right. for sure. But he's, I mean, everything he does has to jive with the coaches and the, and the ownership too. And, you know, as that vice president, I mean, he's been elevated over the yeah. years. I don't want to call him the de facto GM because even after Jerry, there's still Steven. But 
He is the highest ranking member of football ops after people named Jones. And so, you know, all of that stuff, he is a part of all of that stuff. And so, you know, he he probably deserves that paycheck because he's got to, like I said, he's got to coordinate all three of those things. And at least one side of that triangle is probably going to be upset about everything that he does. Yep. And the fact of the matter is, from everything I've gathered, there's a ton of respect that's given to Will McClay by the Jones family. And because of that, uh, I think he has a lot more influence than maybe people sometimes give credit for when they talk about this team. You know, they say, well, Jerry's really still running. And then there's Steven. But I think that because of the respect that Will has earned from this, uh, from this, the, the family, basically, um, I think he has a lot more say than, than people think. And I think his opinions are very much considered when it comes down to what decisions they make on players. I think your opinion on that probably just depends on how closely you pay attention. Like the Facebook fans who are just like just screaming at each other in the comments probably don't pay attention. But like if you're smart enough to be listening to this show, I think by now you probably have a good idea of what he means and what yeah. he's done. And it's reflected in the fact that three years running, his name has popped up in GM searches and three years running, he has turned him down and gotten a uh, boosting in probably pay and definitely title. So the Cowboys know, and if you pay attention to what the Cowboys do, you should know too. Yep. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the coaches. There have been a couple coaching changes here. One was confirmed, I think, yesterday with Rich Basaccia uh, moving on to Oakland to be their special teams coach with John Gruden. Uh, Derek Dooley is now going to Missouri to be their receiver quarterbacks coach. Quarterbacks Offensive coach. coordinator and, and quarterbacks, quarterbacks coach. coach. Right, with uh, the University of Missouri, which I'm sure Mickey's probably pretty excited about. Um, and then you've got Wade Wilson, you've got Steve Loney, who are guys that are expected to be out, uh, and they'll have to replace those positions. Talk to me about some of the, I guess, first give me your opinions on the guys that are leaving and what, what kind of hole, if there is one, that you think is left by them leaving. And then the other coaches that still may be left to fall here when you start talking about guys like Baker, you start talking about guys like Gary Brown. Um, how could that affect the team, and do you think that those guys end up leaving? Not the kind of changes I was wanting to see. <laughs> Is that right? I Those were the changes you were looking for? No, I mean, uh, Bisaccia, no. I mean, he's pretty good at his job. I like what he does. And out of the changes I would want to see, that was not one of them. But we're here now. and You know, I, I think the, the most important one of them all is, is Derek Dooley because um, – Special teams coaches, I mean, I think the, they'll get a good one in here, and you know they'll 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 be fine because the pieces are, are in place, uh, we think. Um, and so I, I think that when it comes to Derek Dooley, though, you know he's got whoever the wide receiver coach is has a tough job because that that's a group that's not easy to manage. And um, you know if Dez is going to be a part of it, which you know we'll see if he is but regardless though they got to make sure that those guys i hope if they bring in someone from the outside i don't i don't want them to bring anyone from the inside i want someone outside with new new ways of doing things and a new approach that's what i hope yeah i don't i don't i, I Bisaccia is the one that stands out to me just because and and you could argue i mean chris jones has played at an all-pro level the last couple years, I think. And Dan Bailey, obviously, his resume speaks for itself. So how much of that's the coach, how much of that's the player, I don't know. But you can't argue that the special teams have been very good more often than they haven't been during the five years that he's been here. So um, that's intriguing to see what that looks like without him. I, I agree with Nick. I'm sure they can find somebody. 
I don't. The big thing for me, Dooley's been here for five years. I mean, Dez has been here longer, but basically the and and Beasley, I guess. But the rest of these guys, really, and even Beasley, since he kind of took on a role in the offense, he's been their coach this whole time, and I assume by now he's pretty adept at handling the egos in that room, of which there are many. Uh, so that's interesting. I want to see the guy that they that they tab to do that, but especially when you look at the performances of the wide receivers this year. I don't look at it as this crazy loss that, oh, no, what will we do? Um, I kind of feel that way about most of most of what's happened so far. You know, there's still a few things that have yet to play out that might, but wide receiver, tight ends, I mean, Jason Witten, I, I don't know. Is that – are you just freaking out about that? I don't – I'm not. And but not, but the hope is that you're going to have a, a, some young – you would hope there's going to be some sure. vitalized blood in that tight end room. I may, Sorry, Amber. Like one last – for my point, I agree with Nick. I hope I hope they turn outside uh, for most of these hires. That's the thing, you know, is you, all, you want fresh ideas. You want new blood. You want different ways of doing things. Maybe, you know, change up the drills these guys do. Change up the way you run the meetings. The way, just – you get stagnant, I think. I think, and that's just football in general. Honestly, I mean, people in general. Yeah, that's yeah. that's life. Um, so I would hope that they look outside and try to bring in. Obviously, like they're not going to revamp everything. Obviously, the head coach is still here, and the two main coordinators are too. So it's going to look similar, but there's still different ways you can do things within the larger structure. I think by just if if all of these hires are promotions and internal hires, you just get more of the same. Which which why are you replacing these guys if you want more of the same anyway, you know? Amber, would you? No, I was just going to ask a question from Twitter that I saw earlier in regards to Dooley and this new change with him parting ways and talking about the wide receiver performance of this year. How much percentage would you put? And again, this is kind of hard to judge because there are so many different factors, but how much percentage would you put on the fact that it was coaching or the wide receiver player itself or, you know, Offensive coordinator. About why the receivers weren't very good. Yeah. Uh man, percentage. I thirty-three percent on all of them, I guess. Because the the issue that I have with this the, this position is that teams looked at it and said, "We are going to take out away your your third your slot guy. We're going to take Cole Beasley away, especially on third down. On third down, and we're going to let Dez beat us." On one on one, and we're and with the little he had some help. Now he he did have help at times. We're gonna let Dez and Terrence Williams beat beat us on the outside, and that didn't work. I mean, obviously for the Cowboys, and so you just think about any other elite receiver. We're gonna just let Hopkins beat us. We're gonna let Julio beat us. We're gonna let, and they will, and they do, and that's the problem I think we have, and you know that's why I think Beasley had a tough year was because teams decided to take away. I don't think he was focused on other things off the field. I think he was more about getting double teamed there. No, no, I agree. I think it's a little segue right into you could start rapping about it if you wanted to. Oh, I'm sorry. We need, (laughs) we can talk about that. They got addressed yesterday. They got addressed on talking Cowboys. I think they played it yesterday. They did play it. Surprisingly good. Surprisingly good for a, white wide receiver who's like got a million other things going on in his life well, let's just kill that though that, that i don't think there's a thing of there can't be good white rappers like of course not that, that's die like, they're is, good yeah they're good of white course. so I, I wouldn't even give that I'm, qualifier is there it's more okay, than though. one yeah, there are others out there I, i'm not so? a big, I'm not, not as big, many i'm not a big fan <laughs> of of 
of newer <laughs> hip hop. Post you, Dave and I've had that. Would you not say that it's harder? Not hard. There's more. There's there are fewer good white rappers, right? Yes. So that that's working against him. He's a father of two. He's huh? got a very demanding. That's probably job. working against him more than he anything did, else. I'm saying, you know, he's got a lot of other stuff going on. He's yeah. the spokesman for Five Minute Oil Change. You know, like he's got all, he's got a bunch of stuff <laughs> going on. Have to do with? Just saying, he's not just you know he's, he's not, a wide receiver. He's not Kanye West locking himself in a in his house doing five beats a day for three summers. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that didn't work. Oh, sh- sh- oh all right. <laughs> we, can have a different, we can have that conversation later. Uh, he's got a lot of other things demanding his attention, yeah. and he still manages. Like he, I turned it on. And I was just like, "This is not awful." It's yes, not, right. And not you the, turned it on, probably thinking, "This is going to be a hundred percent." This was not Shaq when he tried to become a rapper. I literally, like, this is not that. I Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, singer. Yeah, I turned it on, thinking like Cole, just because you have fun freestyling in the locker room doesn't make this. Oh, see, he's got it. Yeah. We don't need to listen to the whole thing, like. You can find it. You can find it on Apple Music and Spotify. His flow. I mean, he's got good flow. That's the thing about it. His flow is surprisingly good. The rhymes. I think when you try to make football rhymes, it, it, you run the risk of sounding pretty corny, yep. in my opinion. Just throwing Dak's name in there. Yeah. It, I, but his flow really surprised me. Got some flow. Uh, so, yeah, I turned it on thinking it was going to be one of the worst things I've ever heard. And I was like, this is not bad at all. So, good for him. Yeah, I mean, um, at the end of the day, if it's something you got a passion for, I, I'm all in. I'm all for people following their passion. So if you got a passion for it, do it. He still he needs a new wide receivers coach. Uh, <laughs> back back um, on the road, and he's gonna have to perform. You know, he's gonna have to have better results. I should say. I shouldn't even say performance. Well, he's gonna have to have better results on the field. I think too. There isn't a single receiver on this team that that can't say that though. I agree. I mean, and I, I mean, you think all right, all right, we are we've already talked a million times about Dez. Terrence's contract is front loaded. Beasley's interim. But isn't Terrence, didn't Terrence do exactly what we expect of him? No. No, score a touchdown. I expect I all receivers score to score a touchdowns. touchdown. I hear you, but based on his history and based on what he's been, guess what? He had one big game, which he's going to have one big game for you. And he had some drops that were, you know, just bad timing on drops. That happens. That's been happening throughout his career. He's going to have some boneheaded moments when you're like, why would you do that? Like that's who he is. The, the, the worst thing about it was is that there, of the passes that went to him that resulted in touchdowns, I think there were two that went the other way and zero for the Cowboys. Yeah, he's directly responsible for scoring two touchdowns for the opposition and none for Jackson. Say what you say. The, on Jackson. Reality, yeah. the truth reality is that we saw more of him than any other receiver. I think he did more, even though, yes, he messed up. Parents? <clears throat> Sorry. Yes. To me, he messed up a lot. We already know how he is and what he does and doesn't do. But putting that aside, considering the rest of the wide receiver and the whole group, for me, Terrence did more than what anybody else did. As much as we want to complain about what a bad year he had, give me the totality of Des Bryant's season over what Terrence did every single time. Yeah. yeah, but it's all relative, though. It is all relative. Yeah. You can't just take it. I think it's all relative. And I think I agree with what Amber's saying, that – when you think about what your expectations were for the season for each of these guys, I think Terrence was the closest to meeting those expectations of what I had for him. If I was still well, paying, and maybe that just tells me what I think. That's not think saying. That's not saying. Oh, look how good Terrence right. did. That's saying look how bad everybody else did. But let's also. <laughs> I was saying that right, but but hold on, hold on. <laughs> we got to be fair on this too. Like we've seen 
bracket coverage on Cole. We've seen definitely we've seen bracket coverage on on Dez. I, I think Terrence gets one on one coverage and not always against the best. Corner. But let's also remember there was a whole lot of time this year when Dez was not in bracket coverage and he had man to man coverage. I, a whole bunch of times when Beasley had man to man coverage. This was not. I, I know that that's the narrative, and I know that that happened some. I don't think it was the majority okay. of the time. But that's really why don't. and that's why they scored some touchdowns and they had a lot more catches and more yards than, than Terrence. I'm just saying Terrence never really has that kind of coverage on him. So you would expect more than just the one game you said of 135, I mean, or 140 whatever it was. You, you need to expect more from him. Yeah, also, if you expect more from him then my thing is you got the wrong guy cuz you had enough experience with him to know this is who he is. Like I know. he's not going to be different than what he's been, is he? I'd have an easier time swallowing it if they were still paying him six hundred thousand dollars a year instead of four and a half million. Uh, Born rate. I, well, I. That's. Mm-hmm. A, I mean, it's it's a sunk cost at this point. Yeah. But I'm. It was a disappointing season. Yeah, all those people that said, "Would you rather have Bryce Butler as the number two? And we kind of laughed it off. Yes, maybe so. I would for the money. Yes, definitely for the money. I, I like I think Bryce complements what they have with Beasley and Dez better than Terrence. I would rather have Bryce on the well, team there. And that goes back to my original point. I didn't mean to discuss the merits of Terrence's season, but you're already talking about maybe cutting Dez to save $12 million. Beasley's in a contract year. Terrence's deal is front-loaded, which gives them an easy out after year two. Bryce is, is he's not technically with the team right now. Switzer's a fourth-round pick. Noah Brown's a seventh-round pick. Like, there's not a single receiver on this team that they are tied to. The closest thing is probably Dez, just because his contract is so big that maybe you don't want to cut him. Does the time make them tie make 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 it to where they're tied to Terrence? Maybe more because of the time that's still left on that deal. Yes, because they don't save much with Terrence. Right. I think Terrence is here through 2018. But I, I mean, he, you know, if they want to let him go after that, I really think that they could. If they were just wouldn't cost so much. Hell bent on doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know, the issue obviously we've talked about with Dez is is you save money if you cut Dez, that's fine. But you have to replace him, and you got to factor that in. And how do you do that? And if you if you just want to say the draft, that's that's fine. But I mean. The draft is way, I mean, what, a month and a half after free agency. So you just were, they, I know they hate going into a draft just, just like pigeonholed, well, like it. we've yeah. got to have a guy. Yeah. Um, well, that's, and, I mean, but I, you don't have to make the move on Dez before draft, do you? You're, I think no, they, you don't, you don't they would have. be crazy to do anything with Dez until after the draft, in my opinion. I think if you happen to get that guy that you covet at wide receiver that you think could step in and immediately take that, that role. Then you make a decision, hey, Des, we're either going to keep you and you're going to take a pay cut or we're going to cut you. And and then it's a kind of a decision that's made mm-hmm. for you by whatever Des chooses to do, right? And, and that's – I if I remember correctly, the, the two guys I can recall that have taken just a straight pay cut are, are Brandon Carr and Doug Free. And I think that they waited on both of those guys till a little bit later when their options of – you know, it's easy to be like, I'll just get another team. Yeah. But when the money dries up, in Although for a guy like Dez, the money will never dry up. Money there will be up. there will be a team out there. He'll that have he'll have put it. money together to say we're going to go get Dez Bryant if he if he becomes available in July. There will be teams that put something together to go and get him. Yeah, right. I mean that's just because of his name. There will be teams that put something together to go get him. You know, and maybe an offense that that is more, you know, 
kind of tailored towards him, yeah, towards what he can do. Right. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about free agents. There's a whole list of uh, free agents the Cowboys have this year, and they're going to have to make decisions on all these guys. And I'm going to nail down this crew, the lunch break crew, on uh, what we think on who, what the Cowboys should do with each of these free agents. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to talk a little free agency here. Cowboys have a list of unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents uh, that are coming up this offseason that they're going to have to make some decisions on. Um, and so what I wanted to do is I want to go through the list with you guys. I'm going to get ask you for uh, to give me one of three answers. I want to nail you down on one of three answers for each one. Either keep them, and I, what I mean by keep them is do whatever you have to do to keep them. And I think there are one or two on here that are on that list. Uh, there is a an option to say move on. And just let them go. Don't worry about the price. Just It's not working. Or uh, for the right price, I'd have them back. All right. Does that make sense? I'm going to keep them, move on, or for the right price, I'll have them back. I'm going to answer all of these with the last one. All right. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Alfred Morris. No, you're not. You're oh, not you're gonna, right. You're not going to answer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, we'll see. Let's right. just, let's hold him to that. Let's see. Move on. All right. Um, move on from Alfred Morris. Move on. Wow. The first one, he's just right out of the box right, on the wrong other end of the screen. You're right. I'm sorry. All right. Amber. Move on. Yeah. Or, I mean, they could keep him at the right price, but I would think they would just draft someone instead. I move on, and I but I but I address that position. It needs to be addressed with a guy that you think is capable, a young guy that's you know we see we see mid round picks that are rookies that are doing well in the Pro Bowl, you know, from small schools. Actually, I'm talking about Kareem Hunt. Uh, I see Kamara doing some some great things. So get, it needs to be addressed for sure. Some some point in the draft. Just for the sake of argument, do you guys give any deference to the fact that? 
he did have some moments this year where he looked pretty good. And and having a veteran back there, maybe does that change your thoughts at all? It's got nothing to do with Alfred Morris. Like, I mean, he's he's the best guy in that locker room. He's one like love him, veteran presence, good player. I think like if he was the number one back here, I think he'd be fine. He had some really outstanding moments during the six week stretch. I thought he was fine. It's just he's he's twenty nine um he's he's just crazy here, that, like that's old yeah that's old I, but yeah, yeah he's he's a solid player he doesn't he doesn't he's not explosive he doesn't do anything crazy he's not he doesn't offer you a receiver component or you know a, a, a yeah. game-breaking component like he's a solid dependable back bring, i just think you can upgrade bring it. me somebody that does something better than zeke i mean you're not gonna do everything better than zeke or you'd be starting but give me somebody that's better. And, and you can get a guy in the fifth or sixth round. I mean, even a Lance Dunbar type could have done something type. Yeah. <laughs> but something better than than him. Yeah. Not know, to mention, sorry, uh, Zeke's played 25 games at this point. He's got 2,600 rushing yards. He's a vet. He's the veteran. Yeah. You're right about that. I said, as I, as I was asking that question, I thought to myself, well, Zeke's now a veteran. He's in year three. Yeah. He's a vet. All right. Bryce Butler, keep him, move on, or for the right price? For the right price, keep him. For the right price. I'm, I'm doing that one. Okay. Uh, move on. Move on. I don't think, I mean, had they won to wow. do something with him, you would have seen him more involved this year and even last year. Mm. So, move on. The NFL, the NFL leader this year in yards per catch – I believe was Marvin Jones out of Detroit. And and you have to have so many catches to qualify for it. I, I don't know if it's 30, 40, whatever. He led the league with 18. 18.9. Yeah, he really had a good year. Um the um Bryce Butler had 21 yards per catch. Now only on 15 catches. But that is that's not just one catch. I mean James Hanna had 25. He leads the the, the team. Still, 15 catches. It's a smaller sample size, but it's enough to, to show that you're big play, especially when that number would lead the league. That just shows me that, that that he's got something that the rest of the team doesn't have in big in big play potential. Now, if the league's the rest of the league sees it and pays him a lot of money, great, because he he just said it in the locker room. He's not going to take him. Uh, he's not going to do it early like he did last year. Or just signed before. He's going to at least test the water. That may not be a great thing for him, but for the right price, I I would keep him. Veteran guy, big big receiver, plays big at times, plays fast at times. I would. I'd, would I you? Just, I just. Well, I just look at it from a number standpoint. Do we all agree that the talent needs to be upgraded at wide receiver? Yeah. Where's that? Where's that coming from? Somebody's got to go, right? Somebody I honestly think go. that that's probably a move that happens if Dez is not here. What is? You you resign Bryce. You keep Terrence. If you if you cut Dez, and then you have to draft someone. But at least you go into a season with I, that scares me. It's, that scares me a lot. I think that just that goes three and zero in that in that. I, no, I, I understand They've what you're saying. And to be honest with you, in a row I'm that. I'm not certain that that the results will bear out any different. I'm just saying that go, that scares me not having a legitimate, at least even in just name, like it, a legitimate it, number one threat that teams have to take like that. That would go against their mo so much, in my opinion, in terms of how they approach the draft. Like that, they they identify their problem spots they paper over them as best they can in free agency and then they try to hit the home run that really fills the hole in the draft but will they continue with that same model because i think there's been at least some then, well, evidence that sure. maybe that doesn't oh, work as there's well. plenty of evidence that it doesn't work but can we i mean even as bad as he was last year would we all agree des is their best receiver yes yeah. mm -hmm. 
you're going to get rid of him before identi- like uh, before addressing the problem in the draft you're just going to say we don't need you right that doesn't make sense to me cuz what i mean what if it doesn't fall the way you want it to in the draft what if the guy you want's not there what if you don't upgrade the position then you're up the creek i just i would be shocked if they did something like that listening to the draft show i listened to the draft show um there was a there was some talk about the wide receiver group and that it should be a deeper class this year particularly second round third round any of those guys you think would be good enough that even taking a flyer on them that next year you could plug them in and they could potentially be your number one yes bring me the aggie he's first round though right i don't care bring it's i think it's too soon to say but there's yeah there's there's a is he there at 19 christian kirk i'm talking about i i don't know like i that's early i know he hasn't made his board yet I don't make a board anyway. I'm not. You, uh, don't kill the vibe for me. Because I, n- I don't like to pretend like I'm a scout. I let him do the scouting. I'm there to offer you analysis and Cowboys insight, right. and he's the scout. Like I don't like to pretend like I've ever sat in a draft room. There are there are people on draft. That's that healthy. Like to do that. Stuff. That is that's healthy, healthy because like because you know you got Mel Kiper doing his thing and yeah. McShay comes in and says this is what I do and that's, Dave, Dave's like I'm not trying to. I I will watch the guy and tell you if I think he's good or not. I'm not going to try to project his grade or any because that's I, not your thing. I think it's disingenuous. Yeah, I got you. Um, but there's about even having watched just a handful, there's definitely five or six guys that I think could be this team's number one receiver. But again, next year though, that's the key. Like sometimes I, when you're yeah, going no, from the first round no, to second I, round, it's because no. they're not quite ready. A hundred percent, I think there are guys that can oh do my that. God. I, I just thought of this: if you're going to draft a, a, a second round corner, a third round corner, and a sixth round corner, and you're going to get Scandrick acting the way he did after the draft, can you imagine <laughs> a first round receiver and how Dez is going to respond? No, and all that's year? how all of them will respond. That's I, I think I don't think there'll be a lot of them that'll be looking at this like oh that's a good thing i luck miles that's uh <laughs> no that's a hell of a counter argument because i've said a number of times what i would do is draft the future now keep des around mm-hmm. worry about it next year you could argue you know what's des's reaction to that over the course of nine months where play better or well or, and i could see that where that that really spurs influence. him like all right Let's Let see. me show you. Yeah, I, that could, be, I could see that. That would be the ideal. Yeah. But do players always react that way when these types of things happen? I don't know. They react well when it's a contract year. Good point. And and this is, point. would be sort of a contract the, year. The main point being, I would. I think there are receivers who can do that. I would not want to go into a draft knowing that I have to get one or else I'm screwed. That's a terrible way to approach a draft. And people like, now know, other teams now know, know, okay, at this yeah. spot, they're going for a wide receiver. Yeah. If I want one, I need to jump ahead of them if I want this right. guy. And that's not good for you obviously. right all right let's move on let's talk about byron bell keep him move on or for the right price um for the right price probably i think they need to sign a swing tackle and free agency i can't imagine i mean i would imagine for the money they're going to spend he's about as good as you could expect to get for the i mean you know they're not going to hand out a 30 million dollar contract to a number three tackle so if not him, then another guy who would probably cost them six hundred thousand to a million dollars. I like, I like for the right price because really, when you go, you you think on a game day he puts on a helmet and a uniform. That's four backup spots right there. He is a backup to four different linemen other than Frederick. Anybody he could play that spot, and and that's very valuable for the right price. I would love yeah. to have him back. Okay, uh, Jonathan Cooper, keep him, move on, or right price. I say keep, but I'm saying that thinking that his market's not going to be amazing. Like, and it's so hard to predict that. I mean, 
somebody wants to offer him a boatload of money, then let him go. But I got to believe you can get him back at a friendly price. What, 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 I mean, I think, I think you have to play that, that domino effect of like, okay, if we don't have him, what are we doing? Then maybe the next guy's a guy next you can guy sign on your back. List. Yeah. Um, Joe Looney is who I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, I think you got to have yeah. one of those two guys, don't you? You, yeah. need, you, need, you need to sign one of those two. Again, you, you need to not be going into the draft needing a starting guard. But Looney told me that he is going into free agency. They're looking at starting center positions. He is going to try to be he wants a to starting start center. center. Yep, and he's, which he can't do here. And he said that he said, "I I I'm behind the best one in the league in his opinion, and hopefully I've learned from you know. I mean, he but but he said I would love to be back if if it worked. He's a he's a different guy. Yes. He's really a fun. Everyone loves you know. He's real jolly and he's really good for the locker room. But he's a little different because he said this year was a lot of fun. Last year wasn't really that fun, but this year was a lot of fun. And I'm thinking your definition of fun seems a little backwards, but he, <laughs> but, but he was just talking about you know going to war in the trenches with these guys and just in just how every game was playoff mentality style. And um, he 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 wants to be here, yeah. but I don't think you can do. You, how many of these backup guys do you need now, Bell? Yeah. But well, Cooper, if Cooper signs, he's the starter, right? I would assume. You know who Looney reminds me of? He reminds me of Kyle Kozar. He's never going to be the greatest guy, but I think he's very, very solid, and I think in the right situation, I think he could be a good contributing guard for you as a starter. You know? So I would, if, if I couldn't sign Cooper, if the money just didn't make sense, I would actually make an effort. Now, again, that's assuming that he's willing to take a job where he's going to be presumably the starting guard versus being a starting center, but I would really consider him. I'm moving on. I'm nervous about the fact that they had an open competition for the left guard spot last summer and and Looney wasn't part of it. Like they just were so certain in that evaluation that they didn't even really give him. But was that also because they looked at it as we need to have a solid backup center option and he's he serves a better role for us being a backup to all three of those positions rather than being a starter at guard. Maybe. But I I move on because when when you think about when Lyle Collins was thrown in there as a rookie, did he do a pretty good job? Yeah. Yeah. And then when, when Leary came in, he did really well. And yeah. then Cooper came in, and it took a little bit to beat out Chaz Green, but when he did, he did really well. Yeah. I, I kind of think if the, unless the money's, if the money's right, I'm fine with that. But, I mean, whoever you put in is probably going to be okay. But let me ask you this. Did the offensive line play up to the standard that you thought they had set this season? No. You're right. I mean, they so, took a step back from Leary. And so, and, and right. what I'm even saying is I think the more you keep turning over that position, any position, the more you keep turning over positions on this line, I think you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot from the standpoint of building continuity and, and helping this line be the best that it can be. Yes, you got great parts, and so that means that whoever you plug in there is probably going to be better than they would be on another line. But it's still, for an overall line, I think you want to start building some continuity. And for those spots now, you feel pretty good about – where you are at least for next year, probably the year after. But that guard spot, if you can keep that one the same, I, I think there's some value to that. I I sincerely hope that that John and I mean, obviously he wants to have a great market. Kudos, go go get what you can. But yeah. for the Cowboys' sake, I hope that Jonathan Cooper's market is pretty manageable because it would it makes a lot of sense to have him back. I just I hope it's cost feasible. All right, let's go to the next one. Demarcus Lawrence, keep him, move on, or right price? Move on. <laughs> keep him. Yeah, keep, keep him. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Price doesn't matter. You got Whatever it. it takes. You've been waiting forever to get a guy that Franchise. can track at this rate. 
that's the guy you want. Although you, you look at it, and you know, people talk to me about this all the time. They're looking at roughly twenty million in cap space. Seventeen of that will go to D Law if they have to tag him and they can't get a deal done. There's yeah. other stuff they can do to free up space. You can cut guys. You can restructure contracts. But you're talking about messing with your cap if you're doing that. And so, I don't know if it's realistic, but it would be great if they could sign him to a deal that would push his cap hit down you know you can't tag him temporarily and then continue sure. to work on a deal right? yeah i'm just saying it, yeah. it it greatly affects their cap space if they have to just leave him on the tag. but the, you know the question then comes back is has he done enough to warrant that kind of deal i mean he's had a good a really good season he had a great, great season. season he had a great season um but but again, you know, and, and the Cowboys typically their track record is is one great season will lead to that, and, and because for whatever the reason, we saw it with Miles Austin, we saw it with Tony Romo, we saw it with Doug Free, we these guys that that took a while to finally have that breakout year for whatever the reason, and then it's like you only got a smaller sample size. Are we going to go with this? It makes sense to franchise them if you could afford it. Would you say that Demarcus Lawrence has had? good seasons in the past or at least good moments that that showed you that this that what he did this year was very much likely or possible yeah. for him yeah he had Probably. that he had that stretch there at the end of that 15 season i guess where he had seven sacks in eight games or something like that yeah he, he's had some moments and, and the reason why i asked that is because i think that it's one thing when you have a guy that it's his contract year and he flashes and he does things that he'd never done before I don't think I put Demarcus Lawrence in that category. No. Maybe he hasn't done it consistently throughout an entire season because of injury, because of suspension, whatever it is. He hasn't been able to do it for an entire 16 games. But I do think that what we saw this year was just a continuation, in my opinion, of what we've kind of seen from him throughout his career. Yeah, the tricky part here is, is what's, what's the tag? 16, 17 million? 17. 17. And then so when they get a four or five year deal, they're going to want. 17 you know per because yeah. that's what the franchise tag is but that ain't gonna happen that's, that's the hopefully, hopefully, yeah, that's, that ain't gonna happen. that's the problem of the open market i mean olivier vernon's resume was awfully comparable to what he has done so far and he got 80 million dollars or whatever it was from the giants and it's how many years on that deal yeah four or five i don't it just it's a lot i mean stephen jones says it all the time you pay good players like they're great and you know, average players like they're good. Like you're just you're overpaying when you get into those situations. You know, and Demarcus, that situation really might have an effect on what happens with Dez. Could it affect what happens with Zach? It, uh, you got to sign him. I know you do. Actually, but well, but that means you got like two coming up here in the next couple years that signing, are both going to be high price free agents. You have to signing Zach would actually be good for your bottom line. Right, he's about to be. He's got one year left on his deal, which is set to pay him something like ten because it's the option year. So, you so could if you can sign him that, to lower that, that yes. amount that hits your cap this year. Yes. Lower his salary for twenty seven or twenty eighteen to like a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. So that would actually be put good. a lot of it in bonus. It would be good for your big picture if you but, signed him. But to franchise to franchise uh Demarcus Lawrence, that means that your cap hit you'd have two guys at at seventeen and sixteen million. Mm. Neither and- one of which plays quarterback. Right, that's that the guy, blessing you have. That guy's right now. Yeah. a yeah. million, yeah, something like that. That's when that's what happens when you find a quarter. You steal a quarterback from a lower round. Yeah, is you have that that period where you can kind of take advantage of not having to pay your quarterback. 
But that's going to come to an end at some point, too. And they're yeah. going to have to make some decisions there. All right, let's take, let's take our final break. When we come back, we have a few more players I want to run through. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it. And your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com slash cowboys to get ten dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more jack black look good smell good feel good official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk x's and o's with senior director of player personnel will mcclay and of course with yours truly me brian broadis you can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit Stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you what does it mean to be a dallas cowboys fan it means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what that's why when the game's on the line you're on your feet whether you're at home or in the stands actually you're more than a fan you are a member of cowboys nation and so is at&t doing their part to keep you connected to america's team all season long at&t is a proud member of cowboys nation to the break. Welcome back. We're in the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick. Oh, go. yeah. Forgot about this, but you I should not. not. You should never forget about Tommy John because when it's time to put on some underwear, some draws, draws, nothing. It feels better, looks better than Tommy John. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. 20 Maybe twenty percent off your second order. I don't know how they how they do that. Maybe I promise that. That's I don't not, know. Talk to a manager. Me. I bet if you get him on the phone, talk. That's to not what we're promising. Nick. Never, no you know, I, first, no promises. Just got to do your thing. But Tommy John should be included in your thing. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. I'm wearing mine right now. Me too. Me too. All, All right. right, Amber. All right. Clean sweep. <laughs> None. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. No, Tommy John. Okay, okay. That's what I meant. Okay, Jeez. Cool. All right. Let's move on. Let's. All right. uh <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's go on. Let's, let's finish our list of free agents here. Um, we talked about Demarcus Lawrence last. Let's talk about Anthony Hitchens. He's another guy that if you if you knock out Demarcus Lawrence, in my opinion, he is the next most important guy to make a decision on uh, because of what he means at the position where he is and how well he played this year. So you keep him, you move on, or you get him back at the right price. Bum, 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 bum. There are a lot of people bum, out there that bum, have no idea what you're saying. Da, 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 I do, but... If the price is right. There you go. If the price is right, I would love to have him back. I love Anthony Hitchens. I think he's so underrated. I think he was great this year. He can play all three linebacker positions. Um, Not only do I think he's going to be awfully hard to keep because of the price, but in his heart of hearts where he'd never say it on the record, does he want to be back here? Because if he comes back, 
he's it's as a platoon guy. It's I mean, you're not relegating Jalen Smith to yeah. you're you're splitting reps there. You're not just relegating him to the bench. And if, obviously the team's preference also, if he's up to it, is that Jalen starts at Mike. That's what they want to happen. Um so do And you, plays on special. I mean I mean and plays in nickel. Do you wanna come in here and be like, well, I'm either Jalen's insurance policy or a guy that can split reps with him. That's what you're signing on to be. And as a competitor and a guy who's been pretty damn productive as a starter in this league, I feel like he'd probably rather go somewhere where they're like, you're our Mike or our Will, whatever you want to be. You're going to be our starting guy. You're going to be a key piece of our defense. Does he look at it, though, and say, I know that between Jalen and Sean, not only how they rotate, but also – looking at Sean's injury history, sure, I'm going to get some opportunities. So you put the three of them together, and they're all going to get a lot, a significant amount of playing if, time. If I were him, I would I would go. I, I agree with what Dave says. I would go, and I would probably look at a 3-4 defense. I'd, really? Yep, I'd be an inside guy in a 3-4 scheme. I think those big guys, you get somebody with some big uh, tackles, some one techniques that can kind of cover up and let him go run and make plays. Uh, if I were him, that's what I would I would be focused on. I think for the right price, you, you keep him. But, you know, you guys said it just now. I mean, the priority is if, if Jalen Smith is there, Sean Lee is there, that those are your, your two guys. It's just the scheme doesn't really call for it. And I think it makes more sense for the cow. And, again, for the millionth time, I think the world of Hitchens. Um, but I think it makes more sense for them, draft a guy and – and whatever he has no say in what you do he even if he's a first round pick you platoon him he's here for four years he can be your successor to Sean Lee at the will or he can be your insurance policy for Jalen at the mic he can be whatever I mean the guy that keeps getting thrown out there is Roquan Smith I don't know if that's I don't, re- I don't know if that's realistic and if you get a guy like that you're not platooning him. he's got to play right well, no see I disagree I just you find you find time for him and between between all the different sub packages you can run and the fact that you can't 100% count on either of your starters, I don't think that's a big deal. I think you'll find a way to use a guy who's good enough to be a first-round pick. I'm not worried about that. But as a draft pick, you're given a lot more flexibility, I think, than if this, you're paying. Whoever you get has to be able to play whenever needed. Like, not this uh, – rookie guy that needs some time to grow and give them some little reps here and there and we need to see a development a guy that is ready because we don't know when um sean lee will go down we don't know about Jalen oh, smith health no i agree i completely you know, but correct me. Good. well the uh, the issue here at linebacker too is the fact that you drafted somebody a couple of years ago that's been very insignificant and, and, you know, when you think about Damian Wilson, we said this the other day, I, I don't forgot who I said this in the press box too. When you think about the three things that come to mind first about Damian Wilson, what are they? Well, mainly the, okay. who are you? Mainly the arrest. Arrest, you know, arrest. You're uh, going to paint ball. Incident. I don't, I don't. Paintball ran oh, over somebody and gave up an 86 yard game winning touchdown to CJ Spiller. I knew only he, play he played. I knew you were going to bring up the Spiller thing. I don't think about that as often. Oh, I Cause know. that was, that was his rookie year. And it was, I, I, but, but I he, think about, but, but that has nothing but, else. But that yes. That's up what, a he doesn't have the good touchdown. side. He, he no, like a balance, right? You got the negative, but where's the positive that makes you forget about the negative. And I, that's, I think the point that Nick's making. No, I, I, I positive. When you said his name, I was like, Oh yeah, like he's a guy I seriously <laughs> forget. Yeah, it's, it's funny too because I I think of him and Hitch together all the time because they're both Big Ten guys. They were both taken in the middle fourth round. 
Uh, and Hitchens, I mean, Hitchens is out done with year four. And even, I mean, even after year three, I mean, he was a starter. He started all 16 games as a rookie. He's played in all three spots. It just hasn't materialized that way for Wilson, even though I think their draft number was like within five spots of each other. Yeah, and it was like 127, and Wilson was like 129. Athletically, you know, Wilson is, is I think, a, a much better athlete, or he seems to be. He, he may not have the – At least as good enough. He may not have the instincts and all that stuff, but, I mean, he's got a good athletic ability. He just, it just hasn't worked for him. And, and, and you would think that he would be coming on here and there would be no issues with, ah, Hitchens goes to free agency, they drafted Jalen – Sean Lee, and they got a guy like Damian Wilson. But because of he hasn't developed right. I do. In the same vein, though, all right, let's say you can't afford to keep Hitch. It sounds great to draft a linebacker. That's something I would want to do. But, again, in, th- in keeping with their strategy, that's probably something you want to sign somebody, even if it's just like a, a Jasper Brinkley type. I mean, he didn't even play it down. But they signed a guy to cover their bases, and yeah. so I let's, wonder. Let's see who the special teams coach is. If it's somebody yeah. that comes in, because yep. we've seen before, Basachi comes in. He really wants a guy like Andrew Gashkar or something like that. They, they'll, they'll have somebody. Will if they bring someone from the outside in there. Mm-hmm. Now a name to mention on on these coaches to kind of go off. Keith O'Quinn is he's been around for a while. Kind of similar on a flip side to um, Will McClay. Because he started out in in co- in scouting and went to coaching, where where Flip uh, Will did the opposite. But he's been around. He's had several roles. He's the assistant special teams coach. He's in line for the special teams coordinating job, and he's been talked about for tight ends coach. So, which he almost had two or three years ago when that was available. So he'll be included in this somehow. I don't, I'm not sure exactly where, but um, I'm just saying when you the special teams coach might have a say in those backup linebacker spots because they're really a core players to special teams. I can't help but think about Terrence when we talk about this too, though, because I was I spent all off season just like about to say wave bye to Terrence Williams. Somebody's going to pay him too much, so you never, never know. Never you never know. It'll depend on what the market says, but I just I think the world of Anthony Hitchens, and I think somebody else will think enough of him. To I do too. Pay him. Yep. Kyle Wilbur, keep him. Move on, right price. Time to move on. I mean, I think, I, I think there's a good chance that he's an Oakland Raider at some point this year Maybe. because of Basaccia. That's where Basaccia is going. That's who loves him the most. He's a really good special teams he's player. A great special teams yeah. player. Uh, but I mean, I don't know that that's worth another contract. And, and I, I like him too. Like he's good. He's probably made a, a a very he's made a bigger impact on more games than Damian Wilson has in the same amount of time. I mean, he's made he's good point. He's good for a game changing special teams play or two per year. Like he's a good core special teams guy. His role on defense has gone down as the years have gone by, though. Like I think this year, I don't know that he played more than a dozen defensive snaps, and I just don't know if that's worth another contract when you can just go draft a guy to do that. And maybe he won't be as good right away, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about bringing him back. All right, there are a couple other unrestricted free agents we need to hit real quick: Benay Benwickery and LP Latticer. How would you feel about those two guys? I, I just don't see any reason why LP has shown that he is slowing down, and literally, because yes, he he's had great snaps again. Um, you know, he's the most consistent player on the team when it comes to doing his job. He does it well, but he you, he's been in the league 15 years. Part of snapping on punts is running down there and making <clears throat> tackle and all that. And they what do they give up 55 yards? He's certainly not a liability. He recovered a fumble down there. He's always involved. 
I mean, he he's he's not slowing down, and he is as good as, as his job as anybody else. I guess for the right price, I just don't see him. I think he wants to play twenty years. I was going to say. Where is he now? Um, or thirteen? No, I mean, that's not true. I don't think he said twenty years. He didn't. Uh, that's what that would be. Seven more years doing that. That's a lot. No, I don't. I don't. I don't see that. The only reason I, I guess Witten said Witten say twenty years. The only reason I can think of I'm not to have years. him back is if he just doesn't want to play anymore. Like if he just wants to call it a career, and I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think I don't think so. if you don't have a long snapper problem, don't create one. Yeah, is the, kind of the the mantra. Now, of course, and I don't think long snappers get in the habit of like really negotiating hard, like they need this really big contract. I think it's kind of written on well, here's what you get paid, and for the most part, I think that's yeah. kind of an easy negotiation. So I would think if that's the case. No reason not now, to have him back, right? I think they do like the the guy they they brought in for two years. I think is it Zach Wood? Yeah, I think that they like him. I'm pretty sure he's with another team now. Though. Is he? That's at one point this season. I, I don't keep tabs on other teams' long snappers, but at one point this <laughs> season, three of LP's understudies were really? on teams. Yeah, and like uh, there, that doesn't count John Condo. You're not. No, you I'm know. talking about guys. In the Casey, time that I've Casey been, Casey Kreider was with the Broncos. Casey Kreider, uh, yeah. Wood was another one, and then um, I'm sorry, I yeah, know, but like there were two or three guys that had gotten jobs just from being his backup in training camp. You yeah. know, and that, and that again, special teams coach will come in and see, but I just don't see how you mess with that. He, but is that one of those that you get a little worried about again with Basaccio leaving? That he likes him enough to where he goes out and makes a pitch for him, and he likes Basaccio, so he goes. Yeah, but he was here way before Pisaccia got. I get it. Here I'm just just for his, question's sake. His yeah. family's here. Like he owns. You know, he he's set. He up. walks around here looking like he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good just you, being here. You with your vibes again. <laughs> he does. I mean, you see he owns him walking around eating, munching on something, and Tookie, just like it's always a Bob Bilden. <laughs> <laughs> he's set up Leads pretty nicely here. Though. Like he's got he's got kids and and you know I. You would think he'd want to stay. I would be surprised if he was like looking for a way out, especially yeah. to go sign up with a team that's going to change cities in a couple of years. I don't know. I, that would surprise me. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We're back next week on Wednesday uh, for another edition of The Break. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!